Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to AusBiz Live from our Brangaroo Studios. Uh, this is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel for adjudication. We do it all in one hour. Let's bring in the panel today. Rudy Philippek van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, how are you, sir? I am. Uh, I haven't thought about that question. You haven't can, thought can about I, it? Can I answer later? Yeah, yes, you've just been cruising along. <laughs> uh, having Henry Jennings from Marcus Today on the panel, does yes. that make your day better? Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Henry, how are you, sir? You well? I have thought about that answer and I am well. Thanks, Percy. Uh, good. Thanks, Rudy. Excellent. All right. Let's get straight into it because I think Rudy might uh, 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 go overboard and take a fair bit of time on our stock of the day. Um, our stocks in this first half hour, our five stocks we're going to cover, Avita Medical, Race Oncology, Vulcan Energy Resources, Atlas Arteria and Capril Group. Stock of the day, Technology One. Rudy's brought in his pom-poms because he is the uh, cheerleader for Technology One. I think from ever since I've known him, uh, they reported their half year today. Net profit after tax of just over 43 million, up 24% from the year before. Revenue came in at 210 million, up 22%. Company will pay an interim dividend of 4.62 cents a share. That's up 10%. Uh, Chief Executive Edward Chung says it's on track to surpass 500 million in uh, recurring revenue by financial year 26 and to continue to build platforms to double in size every five years. Rudy, are you happy? Maybe we can establish here that I did not have any influence in <laughs> stock of the day. No, I saw it come up on my feed <laughs> and I knew we were on and I thought, yep, Rudy is on. Yeah. Look at this. Yes. A year ago, 10 bucks. So it's up 50% in a year. Yeah. At a time when tech stocks, a lot of most of them, yep. have been absolutely smashed. Yeah, and and one of my, one of the points I have been making over that period is that the market has been very efficient in sniffing out the quality from from the West in the tech sector. Right, and you'll see that, for example, that the likes of Wisetech Global, Altium, uh, Promedicus, they equally have such a strong performance yep. in, in the same period. And a lot of other technology stocks, of course, are down by 80, 85, 95%. Mm. Yep. So the market really has, has sniffed out yep. the good ones from, from, the, from, the, from the lesser good ones. Um, the one thing you don't see on this chart is that um, more than 1,000% over the decade. Right. And, and still going strong, as, as witnessed by today. Uh, I mean, if there is a competition on the ASX, which is the highest quality stock, yeah. um, I guess... What, the, tech stock or all up? Just all up. All uh, up? I guess uh, 
CSL would be up there, REA Group would be up there, but I would reckon that Technology One deserves its mentioning there as wow. well. And whether one is better than the other is probably more a, a case of like, I mean, this one is smaller, that's why it grows more consistently at 20%. But yep. um, I guess it's up there. Um, if anyone is interested, yes, I'm a shareholder, have been for a very long time. Uh, yep. we've, we've talked about this stock for so many times. Yep. Uh, best thing I can say is um, buy them when they're temporarily out of favor and just hold, hold, hold. Okay. Because so uh, management's confidence today, again, um, has been meant that they will continue doing what they're doing. Right. Uh, not that long ago, I saw some prominent value investors declaring at around $12 that you couldn't possibly own this stock. Yeah. You can tell now it's, it's cruising towards sixteen dollars. Yeah. Um, eat your heart out, uh, the value investors. <laughs> <laughs> but it's for me. It's a very strong hold here. A strong hold. Very strong. So hold you wouldn't here. be be buying it here. Oh. You'd you'd add on pullbacks. One one extra observation to add here is that um, if history repeats then the share price weakness will kick in over the next uh, few weeks. Right. It usually runs up in the, in the, in the result. Right. Uh, result is usually very strong. Everyone gets excited. And then the ones who want to take temporarily profits okay. or whatever, they've, they've seen enough and they de- depart the ship. So it's almost 16 price. bucks now. Yeah. Well, What's yeah. a fair, what do you reckon? A fair is, is basically what the market is prepared to give you. So right. on any sign of weakness, um, if it only falls a dollar or so, I, st- I say start nibbling. Yep. If it falls two dollars, maybe you start buying. Yep. Okay. Uh, Henry, uh, you as big a fan on Technology One as Rudy? Um, I've got to say, I thought I was going to have to go for a coffee uh, during <laughs> Ru- Rudy's spiel, but he's actually held it up to a very small and very brief summary of Technology One. I- I'm quite surprised. And kudos to Rudy, because he has called this one extraordinarily well the whole way through. And as he rightly says, those value investors that were knocking it at 12 bucks uh, should be eating a large slice today of humble pie. Uh, the results were good, and they continue to be good. This is a fantastic chart. This goes bottom left to top right. What more can you ask for in a stock like this? Uh, they're clearly transitioning very nicely to that SaaS model. Uh, the annual recurring revenue now from SaaS is up 40%, 316.3 million, and clearly they have a very excuse me, sticky business uh, with government uh, and uh, councils and all the other people that use their software. So uh, it's it, it's a great story. It has been doing extraordinarily well. As I say, Rudy has called this beautifully, and uh, I think he's called it beautifully again, even though it was a very brief commentary from Rudy. Uh, I was expecting <laughs> him to go very gung-ho and buy, and I was then going to have to go sell <laughs> just, just, just to upset him. Uh, but, uh, no, it's it's very much a strong hold here. If you've got it, you wouldn't sell it. Uh, if you haven't got it, you just need an opportunity to try and get yep. set or, as Rudy rightly says, nibble away. So uh, maybe if it drops back towards sort of 15, 14, 50, 15 bucks, uh, that is the, your chance to start to right. uh, accumulate this one. But it's it's quality. It's heading in the right direction. I, th- I think the only thing I would say... The only thing I would say is that there was some speculation in the market that the uh, total annual recurring revenue of the target, which was uh, 500 million bucks a year, 
Uh, they're talking FY26. There was some speculation that maybe the way they're going, the strength they've seen in their business model would enable them to bring that forward a years, but they haven't done. So maybe they're just being a little bit conservative. The stock's up a little bit today. Good results. Uh, it's a, certainly a stronghold. Okay. It's going to accumulate on any weakness. So by, by this out, when you look at these tech stocks, I'm really pointed a few out earlier in that, so the wise techs of the group, uh, um, the um, Promedicus. Altium, Promedicus, uh, you throw zero in there, yeah. um, cut costs, make profits. If you make a profit and you're a tech stock, you're in everyone's favour, basically. Yeah, if you can add in that you've got some exposure to AI, you're doing really <laughs> right. well. Uh, interestingly, though, Interestingly, though, a lot of these tech stocks that do say they're going to cut costs still aren't going to make a profit. I mean, Zero has had a magnificent rally, uh, but still yet to uh, to make a profit, even though it's talking about cutting costs, of course, and uh, not pursuing growth at any cost. And this yeah. is certainly something that's that's resonated in the US uh, with all the big tech companies from that sort of growth profile and growth at any cost that we've seen in the past. That has been assumed by a focus on costs, getting rid of the ping pong tables, uh, the chefs, the yoga classes at lunchtime maybe, <laughs> and uh, and getting Making back money. on track. Well, it's a, yeah, surprisingly, that's not a bad thing to try and achieve. <laughs> exactly right. All right, um, let's get on to the stocks that you want us to have a look at. And uh, Henry, Susan wants a view on a Vita Medical, the uh, regenerative uh, tissue and, and burn business? Uh, yeah, I was looking through their presentation today and I have to say um, some of the pictures are somewhat graphic and I think the presentation should come with one of those Netflix warnings. Um, Degloving is not a good thing to have done to your legs. Um, <laughs> I got to say, this one's been a, a bit strange to say the least. It was out of favour for donkey's years when it changed its uh, m major listing from the, uh, the ASX to the US. And as a result, we did see this go absolutely nowhere. Then it took off uh, in anticipation of the results and then it's crashed back to earth. Yes. Um, I'm not really sure why everybody's so disappointed. All yeah. the brokers, and Rudy will, will talk about this, have got uh, far higher expectations for the stock. And they're all very bullish on this one. But it has been falling in a big heap. I, I'm not really sure why. I've got to say that there's a few things coming up in 2023. They've got some FDA approvals for soft tissue repair uh, for one of their uh, products. Uh, they're launching that in July 2023. The numbers weren't bad. Uh, they've got a resale go application going to the FDA in a submission at, uh, by June 30. Uh, and the international expansion seems to be on track. So there's, there's lots to like here. Mm. Um, but it kind of took off from $2.50 uh, up to $4, even 5 bucks, back down to $3.50. I think this is definitely one to have on your watch list. And I think, uh, you know, the first mm. sign, the problem at the moment is that the volumes are pathetic in our market, absolutely pathetic. So it doesn't take much to move a stock around. 
Right. Uh, given the given the falls, I wouldn't be surprised to see this have further weakness in June, as we may get a bit of tax loss selling from a few people that got too enthusiastic at the top. But if you can get them around three bucks to three twenty, three thirty, I think this could reward investors with some buying here. They they're certainly on the right track. Their stable mate, if you like, is Polynovo, which has uh, a treatment as well for yeah. a burn burn trauma on uh, victims with a slightly different sort of product, not spray on skin, but a scaffold yeah. uh, that uh, goes on burn. Both interesting technology. This one seems to have fallen foul of uh, mm. the brokers at the moment, or certainly okay. the sellers, but All right. it's interesting. Put on your watch this. Uh, Rudy, because that, that's a point Susan makes, uh, saying as far as I can see, they had a good report, but the share price has dropped sharply. Yes, the value is of the share market, or should I say, of uh, small cap stocks in the yeah. share market. Um, I think, I mean, we never know for certain, but I think Henry uh, provided us with all the ingredients, I think, uh, very low volumes. Yeah. Uh, it is a small cap biotech. Um, normally, uh, given uh, the general context where the share market is trading, and I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be in a hurry to, to jump on uh, small cap uh, biotech stocks, but for, for Avita, I would make, a, I would make an exception. Um, some of the answers that, that Henry was looking for, I, I think we, we, we published recently at Effen Arena. Um, this company is awaiting uh, two FDA approvals in June. Um, they are so confident that they will get those approvals that they've already hired staff and started building a business. Yeah. Because what people always forget with biotechs is once your product gets approval, that's when the hard work starts. Yep. You, you have to form a team of salespeople that is trained and know, knows how to how to manage and to market your product. Yep. And they have to go around traveling around America. Yeah, yeah. Right? Talk and, to the and, hospitals. And exactly. And the exactly. Yep. So that's basically happening in the background. I, I suspect that is what has disappointed uh, maybe <laughs> maybe two traders uh, right. recently when they came out with their quarterly results because the costs were much higher because that's, that's, that happens when you hire people. But on the expectation that uh, management's and, and stockbrokers' confidence is justified, I actually think you can do more than, than put on your on your uh, radar. I think you can actually uh, put some shares in your portfolio um, right. and, and just I mean, bank whatever, whatever comes, comes your way. If they get an approval, the share price will be a lot higher. Right. Having okay. said so, as I said earlier, then obviously the hard work starts. So it may well be that we go again through a period when when it's all about uh, higher costs and no immediate results, that's what you get with these small biotechs. Yeah, so yeah. you have to take in, you have to, you have to have a little bit of, a, of an iron stomach, yeah, and yeah. And, and 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 stomach, let or, literally the volatility in the share price, or have a little portfolio of them, three or four different stocks. That's but but I, I would still think that you keep a close eye on them and you are very selective. And this yeah. one. Because it's so close to to getting the approval, I think that's that's more okay. of a likely catalyst than than just right. buying a few which are much further out. So you'd have a buy on it. I would at this moment in time. Okay. I would I would give I would give it a go. Yes. All right. Well, in a similar vein, Michael wants a view on race oncology. Similar small biotech. Yeah. But uh, no. Michael says lead drug is uh, Zantrine. Looking to demonstrate heart protection in cancer patients undergoing treatment. Yes, but see, I don't think race has an immediate catalyst like like Avita has. Right. 
So but it's further back in the journey, if you like. Yes, right. and and so on that basis, I would go like, nah, just go for a Vita, don't go here, right. uh, unless the, the whole the whole problem is with with stocks like this, unless you have specific knowledge and you know what's the upcoming catalyst, and and. If you ask two older people on Osbis, you probably don't have that knowledge and that insight. Right. So probably you shouldn't go there. Yeah. Right? But if you follow these stocks very closely and you know exactly what's coming up and what will move the share price, by all means, because that's how you can make a lot of money in the share yeah. market. But if you have to ask me or Henry, yeah. you probably don't have that knowledge. Eh? Right. Yeah. That's your problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like if you've got medical knowledge or you're in the sector, you can you can judge it. Yes, uh, Henry, what's your thoughts on race? Uh, well, I'm surprised that Rudy put the buy on AVH, and I'm feeling a bit wimpy uh, with that one. So I, I think I'm going to have to reassess my uh, my recommendation. Now I think it's it's probably a buy here as well. We're, you know, it's it's tiny weeny difference between three dollars thirty and three dollars forty eight. Yeah. So let's put a buy on that one. But unfortunately, I cannot reassess my opinion of race. Um, the problem, well, there's a number of problems, as Rudy identifies. There's no immediate sort of catalyst for this one. Uh, there's lots of things happening. Some of the things happening are not endearing me with an awful lot of confidence. There's a lot of board changes, a lot of management changes going on at the moment. Um, so that's never a, a good sign in some respects. It's a bit destabilizing for those people that are actually at the the, uh, the cutting edge of this technology. Uh, there's lots of talk about uh, phase one and phase two B trials. And to be honest, uh, I think this is a stock that I would avoid for the time being, uh, race oncology. It's certainly a, a worthy cause and a worthy uh, biotech, but I think it just lacks a catalyst in the near term. And I would much prefer uh, the AVHs of this world uh, to, uh, to the races. Uh, just at the moment anyway, I think you're a lot further away yep. from, uh, from actually getting revenue in the door. So it was once described to me, these sort of companies are, are a bit like the mining explorers. You know, promise, 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 do all the work, all the assays come back, all the drilling, but then you've got to build the thing, build the mine. Yeah. Like with these, yeah. you've, you've got to sell the stuff into hospitals. And yeah. if you get too early in the, in the process, yeah. uh, you're just going to be sitting around doing nothing, probably putting more money in with capital raising. Better yeah. to get close to uh, to the end of it, maybe like a Vita is. It's 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 actually uh, it's actually worse than minus. Worse it, than minus. Worse than minus. I mean, about ten years ago, I have I, I published a story which which explains the odds of of those biotechs to right. ultimately end up with a successful business, successful product. You are more likely to win the lotto. Right. That's how the odds oh, okay. stack are stacked up against you. Yeah. So it's a right. it's a very long and arduous process, and the odds are not in your favour. Okay. Yeah. I, it, yeah. I mean, it it is like mining. There are certain catalysts. Obviously, there's the phase one, two, three, uh, etc. Um, so there are catalysts along the way, and to uh, sort of coalesce around those catalysts, but you do see significant uplifts when they do succeed. You've got to remember that CSL, Cochlear. ResMed and even some of the newbies on the block. I wrote one up this morning. EBR, which has got a uh, a wireless 
a sort of pacemaker system uh, using a tiny little thing that embeds itself in the left ventricle of your heart. And, and Neuron Pharmaceutical, we have got a very good track record of doing very well in medtech and biotech stocks. So, uh, you know, you shouldn't write it off, but you should just uh, coalesce, I guess, around those catalysts in terms of commercialization. Because yep. eventually, as Rudy says, you've got to sell the stuff. Yep, absolutely. It's, al- it's also, there's a big difference between developing a cochlea or a, or a resmed apparatus and finding actually a cure out of molecules or yeah or about anything else that, that may, yeah. it's a big very big difference okay all right um henry let's get on to uh back in the resource stock um michael wants a view on vulcan energy has developed the world's first and only zero carbon lithium processing and plans battery grade lithium hydroxide. Michael's saying he thought lithium was sexy. How come the market hates Vulcan energy resources, particularly after the capital raise? Well, well, there he's nailed it there for a start. The capital raise hasn't really helped, has it? You know, they, no. they put the that put the kibosh on the rally that we were seeing, and it was wasn't a particularly strong rally either. No. Uh, the problem with Vulcan and. And this is, you know, lithium last year was all the rage and everyone was chucking tons of money at anything that even had a sniff of lithium. We've seen these booms before, whether they're gold, uranium, rare earths, doesn't matter what it is. I mean, the dot-com boom, every uh, every uh, miner became a tech stock. And every, then when that failed, they all the tech stocks became miners again. So we go through these cycles. The market's got a lot more selective. The problem with Vulcan is it's quite a complicated process that they have. They're trying to do two things at once, which is hard work. They have a project in Germany, uh, in the Upper Rhine Valley, uh, where they are tapping into geothermal underneath the the earth, obviously, uh, which is providing heat, but it also is providing uh, lithium in the brine that that geothermal water is uh, is is heated to. So the two processes are to to sell the energy from the geothermal source and to extract the lithium from the the uh, the hot water. It's complicated. It's costly. Uh, Francis Vadim, who's the uh, the MD and CEO there, I've talked to him a number of times in person. Lovely guy, but it is a ambitious project. And uh, the market gets all very excited about the whole ESG side of it, which comes from the, the geothermal side and yep. selling the energy, et cetera. But it is going to require an awful lot of capex. You know, it's going to be over a billion euros. Funding is going to be the key. Again, you know, we talk about catalysts. Funding is one of those key catalysts as we go along. Uh, all, the, all the updates have been good. Uh, but unfortunately, they kind of killed it with the, uh, the capital raise uh, recently. Um, so, you know, this is going to be a long story. I think this is going to take some years to prove up that they can do this because it's not easy what they're mm. trying to achieve. But if they can do it, then great. But there are environmental concerns, issues. It's in the middle of Germany. You know, who wants one of these big things in the middle of your, your backyard sort of thing? So, um, yeah, for me, I've, I've followed this for a long time and everyone got very excited about this. Yeah. Um, but but at the moment, it's been bashed and bludgeoned. And I suspect with tax loss time coming, we could see a bit more backing while uh, bludgeoning going on. So uh, it, it's if you've got it, I would hold it. But you're going to have to be patient because it's not a simple mm. process. OK. Really? I'm trying to pick an angle here. Um, there's a reason why... 
people like myself avoid biotechs with no revenue or miners that simply have something in the ground and they still have to do all the work. Yeah. Because what is it exactly that you are investing, if you can use the word investing, what, what are you investing in? You're basically investing in sentiment. Yep. Because there's no revenue, there's no profits, there's no, it's all about what could potentially potential. be it's in, in the future. It's yes. the story. Yes, exactly. So if I mean, by all means, you can make money by, by going that way in the share market. But yes, but sentiment is, is, is very, very unreliable. It can, it can turn on a dime and it, it, it can work both ways. Um, I prefer to, to, to at, at least have more of a substance in, in the investment. So, so, something, so something like Vulcan, at the very least, yes, would, would have to start producing stuff. And then at least yeah. you can make forecasts about what they could potentially get out of the ground every year and what could be the price they get for it at, at what cost. Yeah. Uh, at this point in time, as Henry also said, I mean, there's such a long way to go. It's, it's, it's similar with biotechs that have a great idea, but they still have 20 years or 25 years in front of them. Yeah. Um, what, are, what are you putting your money in? Right? Yeah. And um, so for me, it's, it's a long, wide bow. And if they, if they ultimately turn out to be a, an excellent producer in, in the boom times, you can always revisit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No need to be there, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But by all means, if you want to play momentum, Go your hardest. Yeah, yeah. But you've got to watch those carefully. If you look Being to your left, nimble. if you look to your left, you won't see me. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Damien wants to know: Will he see you, uh, Rudy and Atlas Arteria Group, uh, the big Toro Group, uh, France, Germany? Uh, Damien says seems to have a decent yield, but is it too risky? <sighs> I'm not so sure whether it's too risky, but. Um, I would, given the difference in risk profiles, I would prefer Transurban any day. Yeah. Uh, much more, much more uh, advantageous risk profile for investors. Um, at the Zateria, for those who don't know, this used to be a Macquarie. Uh, um, forgot the the the, 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 the Infra, other name, but Macquarie Infrastructure, I think it yeah. was called. Yes. Um, a lot of a lot has happened. Yes, they do offer the yields. Um, the, the yield is high because the market doesn't give it the, the same solidity as, as is uh, happening with, uh, with Transurban. I would still go uh, for Transurban. Um, lower yield, but uh, better risk profile. Okay. Um, but if you are on Atlas Arteria, uh, by all means, it's not like okay. they're, going, they're going to go out of business tomorrow. So you just, right. you just cash in the yields. Okay, so you, you'd be in Transurban. Transurban's had a good run Yes. Uh, this year. I think Nathan, in passing yesterday, said Transurban's a massive sell at those <laughs> levels. You know what? Stocks like, like Transurban always are a massive sell. Right. right? Um, that's, to, because, that's because, for instance, the market loves it because it's a very reliable performer. Yeah. It's essentially carried now by the recovery trade still out of the lockdowns. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's, yes, the argument against Transurban that can be made is they are too powerful in Australia. Yeah. And at some stage, the politicians might turn against them. That is a risk you have to take, it, have to take on board because yeah. they are very strong in Australia. Um, I mean, if if you, if you drive over tollways, chances are it's probably, you're probably paying transurban. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but uh, taken over over a longer term trajectory, it, it has been a very solid performer. Okay. And you have to at this point in time, 
you would have to assume almost that uh, bond yields are going to be much higher yep. uh, to, to make an argument that Transurban should be a massive sell. Okay. Um, what do you reckon, Henry? Atlas Arteria first and, <laughs> and compare it to Transurban. Right. Okay. Um, I, I, I must admit, I, I worked for seven years for Macquarie Bank in the 90s when we kind of when I was there, we kind of invented this whole space, infrastructure stocks with uh, with toll roads. Oh. So you know Arteria, the warts and all. Well, I, I know how the, the game works, put it that oh. way. Uh, Atlas Arterial was bad MIG. Macquarie Investment uh, Infrastructure Group became Transurban. That, that's how it morphed into that. Uh, uh, the Atlas Arterial was bad MIG. That was all the assets that they couldn't put into Transurban, uh, they basically ended ah. up with, with, bad, with bad MIG. And it, it floundered around 60 cents for donkey's years. Nobody loved it. And there was a very smart guy called Fred at uh, Samuel, uh, <laughs> oh, what's it? Uh, one of the asset managements, um, it'll come to me in a minute. Grant Samuel? Uh, uh, no, no, Grant, not Grant Samuel, but um, he's one of the, the very smart guys. And he did a lot of work on Atlas Arterial and he came up with a valuation of $2.53 bucks and said, this thing's going to the moon. And he made a lot of money on it. Here we are at $6.50. God bless the French railway drivers, uh, the railway, <laughs> uh, the train drivers, because when the strikes happen in France, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot this year because summertime, uh, you get maximum leverage for people on the uh, the Euro trains. Uh, this is good for Atlas Arterial because it pushes cars back onto the road. This is kind of a European growth proxy, if you like. There's nothing right. wrong with it. It's not very exciting. It has a nice big fat yield, uh, which, as Rudy points out, you know, is, is kind of compensates you for the fact that it is not exciting. It is definitely a hold. There is not a huge amount of risk in this one. Uh, to be honest, you know, it, it owns these big roads in France. It's got some uh, some roads in the US as well. So it's got a little bit of gearing there to the Dulles Freeway and Greenway as well. So uh, yeah, it's safe as uh, as roads can be. Transurban, I don't know why Matham would think that it's a massive sell. And the, the politicians can rail and rant as much as they like against uh, toll roads. But if, unless they're going to pay out the contracts... They can do very little. Yep. And in fact, they've actually extended some of the contracts. Transurban basically has a monopoly on the East Coast, Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane in toll roads. The best the government can do, and bear in mind we have a new government, Chris Minns, the best that he could do was cap the tolls. At, I think it's 60 bucks a week. Uh, whereby then you get money from the government. But to pay out these contracts would yep. cost them billions and there is no way in this world that the New South Wales government or the Victorian government are going to go to town and pay out these contracts because it's, it's sovereign risk to the to the hilt. So, you know, Transurban is a great stock. Uh, it is, uh, you know, back to work, etc. There's lots of good theories and uh, themes around that. It's not going to be the most exciting stock in the okay. world. I have to say, and there is a change of management coming. Scott Charlton at Transurban is uh, leaving after a long time there. Atlas Arterial Transurban, safe, hmm. dullish, uh, but good yields. Transurban has always been one of my favourite stocks, and uh, whenever I um, can recommend it, I do because it is it is okay. a nice safe. Right. And every time you oh, that's go a good rep. Yeah, yeah, every time you go boop at the toll gates, that's money out of your yeah. pocket. But as a shareholder. <laughs> 
you're kind of feeling better about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the e-tags are massive for oh. these, but you don't even notice, oh. do you? It's you ridiculous. You don't even notice, and it takes it out of your credit card anymore. or whatever. Yeah. No. It's just, it's, it's, it's horrifying how much these uh, tolls have gone up, and they are mandated with inflation yes. or 4%. So, so, you know, if inflation's 7 these tolls are going up by 7%. It's yeah. a brilliant business model. Yep. Okay. All right, David wants to view Henry on Capril. Uh, the um, fabric, aluminium fabricator. Uh, David says, seems that director ownership is limited. Is that a red flag in this case? Uh, well, it's got a number of red flags. I have to say uh, it's got a, a bunch of red flags in that um, it doesn't trade and director ownership is limited. And yep, I can't see yep. any reason why you'd really want to buy this one, to be honest. Aluminium extrusion products, uh, the numbers were all good, but you know, here we are today, a massive 5,000 shares have traded. Yep. So, you know, if, if the big guys who own this thing want to get in and get out, they can push this around. It's, um, you know, it's to me, it's just one that um, you don't screams. Yeah, there's so many to choose from. Why choose one that doesn't? Yep. Nobody trade. So what's the point? There's no brokers follow it. Uh, there's no body that trades it. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Not. Love, love you too, uh, uh, Henry. Just want to say that in between. <laughs> um, <laughs> cap, cap fall. I, th I think, I think well, the mistake a lot of investors make is that being successful in the share market is not about taking risk. It's about managing risk. It's about acknowledging risk. Yeah. And Henry already pointed out with Capital. If I take a slightly different view, in the 90s, this was a relatively prominent stock on the ASX. Yeah. When I came to Australia, it was already losing its, 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 its glamour, but it was still in, the, it was still in indices. Yep. I think it was in the ASX 200 in those days. Today, it's not even in the ASX 300 or in the All Ordinary. Right. So it's, okay. you, can anyone see the long-term sliding scale here? Yeah. Right? It's not traded. Yes, if, if, if aluminium turns around as a sector, you will probably make more money out of capital because you get temporarily a bull market and then more people move in. But the problem is that in the not so good times, you're already also having much larger losses yeah. or I mean going into oblivion I mean yeah so if you want to play that sector uh, my, 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 my my suggestion would be that you you, you go for for larger mining stocks yeah? south 32 Rio right. Tinto right? right there's your aluminium I mean yeah, I yeah. know they don't they're not pure place but they also don't fall by 97 percent if the, if the tide turns yeah right? and at this point in time I mean uh, ahead of the US recession that we probably will have uh, down the track base metals are not really rallying. Eh? Yeah. Everyone is looking like thinking like, oh, well, that doesn't look too great. Yep. And so those share prices, yes, they might move because to me, your neighbor has just bought two shares, but yep. that's not really investing in my in my okay. universe. All right. Let's recap the uh, the first five stocks. Uh, technology one, a strong hold from both uh, Henry and Rudy. A Vita, a buy from both. Race Oncology, no. Uh, Vulcan Energy, hold from Henry, no from Rudy. Uh, similar with Atlas, um, uh, both um, like Transurban in that area and Capril as well uh, is a no from both. Uh, here on the call, we've been following our own fantasy funders picked by the Investment Committee. The May meeting 
is on the platform at the moment. Um, they sort of trimmed a bit um, and added into uh, uh, MA Financial, brought on uh, Kelsian uh, instead of Ostel, um, which uh, Henry, according to Mathan, uh, bullied Mathan and the committee to get out of Ostel just before it had a 30% increase in share price. Um, do you cop that criticism, Henry? Uh, yeah, but the uh, the share price is drifting back off again. Right, so it's yes. very hard when you're doing it month by month. Yes. And we did put in calcium, which yes. has gone pretty well as which well. Are, so. Yes, I did point out that to Nathan in your uh, defence. Uh, we added to uh, MA and also Wise Tech as well. Uh, so since inception, the return from the fund is up about 10%. All right, um, if this half hour, we're going to be uh, going through Telstra, ANZ, ASX, Insignia Financial and CSL. So we're going to the top end of the market now. Um, Henry Paul wants a view on Telstra, the uh, Telco Telstra. It is the telco giant. Uh, interesting Telstra, I've got to say. It's another one that's been going bottom left to top right. It's quite mm. an achiever. It's got complete domestic focus. It's got massive pricing power, and we've seen that demonstrated in the mobile uh, phone planning in terms of their price rises they're pushing through. Uh, they're also urging some of their competitors to push through similar price rises on a wholesale basis so that, uh, you know, that does take away some of that churn as well. So, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with Telstra at all. They've got a new CEO coming in, Andy Penn, obviously, uh, departing stage left, pursued by a bear. Nothing wrong with this one at all. What I do find interesting and I think is going to be intriguing for them is to see how their rural and regional business is affected by Mr. Musk. Now, yeah. at the weekend, I was I was down at yes. Borley and the friends that I was staying with have just installed Starlink, Starlink. Mm. which uh, was a $200 installation offer. Well, what's their fi- uh, feedback on it? Well, I used it and it was lightning fast. Right. Uh, they still have the, the Telstra... Um, system which is uh pretty slow and very droppy outy i don't know if that's the right terminology <laughs> but um the starlink was lightning fast yes. up and down and i've heard that from a number of sources you do need direct line of sight to the satellites uh, but certainly you know and you do also need to ensure that your dogs don't eat the cable because that costs 200 bucks to replace that as well uh, but um, bear that in mind if you stick it on your roof and you've got no trees around, you've got great line of sight, it is a massively big upgrade to Telstra in the bush for uh, internet. So uh, mm. bear that in mind. But you know, Telstra excels at mobiles. Uh, it's a hold. It's not exciting. It's going to grind higher. Um, new CEO. There's a few things happening in the background with infrastructure assets and towers and poles and wires and all that sort of stuff. But mobile is where they dominate. But the rural thing could be a little bit of an issue for them if Starlink does continue mm. with this $200 offer. It, uh, it is lightning fast and uh, it does seem to have very few dropouts if you okay. set it up right. All right. Uh, Rudy, I must admit, seven when we're doing uh, covering the coronation, uh, we get the satellite feeds up next yeah. to you and they've they swapped to Starlink as well. Yeah. Can they get better reception? Clouds. If you have too many clouds, it doesn't work. Oh, Starlink doesn't. Well, a satellite doesn't. Uh-huh. And it used to be the problem with uh, 
Optus, which has been offering uh, satellite for, yeah. for quite a number of times. Um, I also had the pleasure of, of uh, using Starlink, and I um, I was a lot less enthusiastic. The, the downloads are okay, the uploads are uh, less okay, to, at least on my experience, right. uh, okay. the, which, which might be a, an isolated one. Um, Telstra, um, never underestimate the luck when you make decisions in, in investing, and, and I'm, I'm saying that because um, I bought Telstra, um, I think about two and a half years ago, uh, for the simple reason that I was simply looking for a replacement in, in, the, in the portion of my portfolio that is basically dividend yielding. I thought at the time that um, Telstra was looked like a like a great choice, and, yeah. and 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 I mean you never look back with with because the returns have been have been very big. I think, and this comes from someone who has been for more than a decade been poking fun at investors who owned Telstra because the capital erosion, the dividend cuts, uh, the bad press, yeah. you name it. But um, I think what we are experiencing here is a, is a, is a is a turnaround in Telstra's fortunes. Mm-hmm. And instead of going on speculation like how and when exactly do they need to cut the dividend, now we see this turnaround when it's about how much will they add to the next dividend. Yep. So we're going to a complete different dynamic now. They still have assets which they will, will look to, uh, to sell off. That money will also go to shareholders. Um, I agree with uh, with Henry. It's not the kind of stock that uh, gives you 20-30% in, in, in a short period of time. But those dividends are secure. Those dividends will grow. Hmm. And if you go through a period of uh, very slow economic momentum, which is where we're in and which we probably will be facing, yep. then this is a stock for the times. Okay. So a buy? A very strong hold. A strong, <laughs> <laughs> a buy, a very. I thought he was going to go a very strong buy, but a strong hold. Okay, all right. Um, but I also don't think it it will drop a lot. Okay, right? even if you get uh, a market so sell off, it won't be dro- it will be dropping very much. So okay. you just all pick right. your point. Um, all right, Sammy wants a view, Rudy, on ANZ, uh, the big four banks, just as reliable. <laughs> Maybe something that that is is very seldom emphasised when it comes to Australian banks. And I know everyone loves them because they pay dividends and uh, and sometimes they have to cut them. And and the, the Australian banks, with one exception, have had a lost decade post GFC. Yeah. I mean, you just take a long term view, and those share prices today are still lower where they were in 2006, 2007. Yeah. Astonishing. The only thing that happened in between is they had temporarily a, a big rally when um, the market picked up that the RBA was going to cut dividends, uh, got, cut the interest interest rates in uh, early 2015, yep. and that rally lasted about four or five months, and that was the last away. That was it. It's astonishing that so many people keep on holding on to the to the banks and constantly. I mean, there are people out there who believe that the next decade will not be that dissimilar from, from, the, from the prior one. So in other words, the golden years have gone. We've had right. them in the 90s, in the noughties, and that sort of ended with the GFC. And those, those companies now are not continuous wealth generators. They're just not. You know I mean? right. The one exception in Australia is Commonwealth Bank. Uh, I would prefer that on the basis of quality uh, pretty much every single time. Right. Now, having said so, um, ANZ, is it expensive? No, it is not. Um, does it uh, face headwinds? Yes. 
Um, it's probably preferred by, uh, by sector analysts because it's more institutional than it is retail. Mm. It's more New Zealand than it is Australia. Uh, pick your pick. Uh, personally, um, as, I, as I indicated earlier, my dividend outlook is, is linked to the likes of Telstra more than right. to the banks. So you wouldn't be um, in and any I'm, of the banks. I'm not. In, I'm not in the banks. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, if someone puts a gun against my head, I would say, okay, I'll buy some CBA. Right. But I'm not buying any of the right. uh, And Macquarie is different. Oh, yeah, Macquarie is. Yes, if you throw in Macquarie, I am shareholder of Macquarie. Right. Okay. But usually they're not really of the same no. milk. Yes. Uh, Henry. Uh, well, Rudy's right. I mean, at the end of the day, the banks have gone nowhere. They're, they are a cyclical business. I mean, they're not dissimilar to resources. Everybody buys them for set and forget and those big fat dividends. And if you want a lazy life and you want to do that set and forget, you know, you're going to pick up the six and a half percent fully frank yield or whatever it is at the moment on some of these banks. But they are cyclical business. If you want to play the timing game, go for it. If you want to just be lazy, they'll hold them. Here, ANZ is probably a hold. We know we're heading into uh, potentially uh, that cliff when we see uh, those fixed rate loans falling off. And, um, you know, the mortgage wars, though, interestingly, we did see NABS today um, has uh, raised their rates and taken away the cashback offer. Mm. So I, I suspect the mortgage wars and the competition, <coughs> and we're seeing the housing uh, market improve. You know, it's it's not they've got headwinds and tailwinds. I think here they're a hold, but they're not forever holds. They are cyclical, like most things in the market. But if you want to be lazy and hold them, you're probably not going to get a lot of capital growth out of them. Uh, there are times when you do and uh, times when you don't. But as Rudy says, they haven't really got anywhere for decades except yep. for the big fat dividends. Yep. So it's a hold here. Okay. All right. What about ASX, Henry? Amy wants a view on the Australian Stock Exchange. Well, yes. Uh, good. Uh, it's good to have a view on the Australian Stock Exchange. I am. This would be a hold. At best, I have to say, uh, volumes are pathetic. Yesterday was the fifth slowest day of the year uh, in May. This is not good. Volumes are dismal. Now, I don't know whether that's going to pick up as we get more clarity on rates, but volumes are dismal. Uh, the brokers are talking about how good electric, electrical or oh, electricity futures have been and how the <laughs> volumes that I've got to say, if you're, if you're banking on electricity futures for your business model, you can forget it. Uh, they've stuffed up big time with chess, the whole blockchain thing. I think there needs to be, and there has been some uh, re re-engineering of the management structure. Yeah. Um, I I, um, I know the uh, the chairman relatively well from days of yore. Um, I wouldn't be banking on this one. There's there's very little IPOs. There's not a huge amount of deal flow coming through. It's sideways at best. Uh, they need to solve the chess issue. They need to solve that, which there's rumblings that they will. Yeah. Um, but to me, if, if you're looking at market volumes and you're talking about electricity futures saving the day, then you're probably mm. struggling a little bit to mount a compelling case to buy this one. Okay. Ready? Yeah, I agree. It's a hold. Um, I agree. Um, you should own or you should buy this stock when, when it's a bull market. Right. Um, I mean, Nevertheless, it's a very strong price maker. Yeah, like it, if you want to have data or anything from them in Australia, you are yeah. paying the price. Well, it's got right? a moat. <laughs> exactly, but the only problem is that yeah. at the moment, at the moment, there's. You know what I mean, and they have obviously 
and a lot of things didn't go their way. They were previously priced at a premium for that. The premium has come out of the share price. That's why you can, you can, you can say it's a hold today and you, and you will get your dividends. Um, obviously, the, 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 the darker period is I still remember, as a funny anecdote, I still remember sitting in the office of the, of the CEO of the Zimbabwean Stock Exchange and I was telling him that the ASX was developing an alternative system on blockchain Right. And he seemed very interested, but that many years later, of course, they had to abandon <laughs> the project. It never yeah. got off the ground. Uh, although, they are looking for an alternative, though, aren't they? Although they haven't really given up on, on it either. Uh, but just, yeah, I, I guess also for blockchain, it is a, it is a very setback because it, it turns out it's, uh, it's very difficult to, yeah. uh, to achieve, of course. Yeah. I mean, long story short, it's a price maker. It does, it, I mean, it's... it's it does have competition, and it might get more competition because it's it's it doesn't well, really it fulfill it. Up by a, it must an overseas. It, it might, uh, it might, you might get a problem there. Australia doesn't want to go, doesn't want to give up on its uh, market regulator, I don't think, or yep. on a stock exchange. But I mean, better times will come ahead. At some, it come, will come towards them at some point. Okay, I mean, so the, the bear market doesn't last forever and ever. No? Okay, so if you're if you're talking to me about this like a commodity stock that you buy. When the no, market's it's, low it's, and it's, cheap, yeah, yeah that's, what, that, that's what I'm saying. This is that, the bottom that, of the that, cycle. That's why. That's yes, it is. But it also can. This can go on for quite a while, right? right? Okay. Like, let, let's let's picture a scenario where um, late, later in the year we are facing a U.S. recession, for example. Um, right? Do you want to own the ASX back then? Maybe not. Right? Yeah. Uh, maybe you want to you want to own it after that, and then and then we're talking 2024. Right. Um, anyway, yes, you can buy today. I would still think it's more of a hold than a buy. Right. And, you, and, and as I said, you, you will still have your dividends. It might still go up a little bit. It won't be spectacular. Okay. Um, it is a price maker, which which will serve it well in good times. Yeah. But at the moment, it, it looks um, very, not very flashy. Okay. And I don't think the share price is going anywhere in a hurry. All right. Let's stick with the financials. And Amy wants a view on Insignia mm. Financial, the old mm. IOOF, been uh-huh. around for 100 years. Yeah. Should, should we mention the, the, the Royal Commission? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why it's become insignia. No. Yeah, that's why it probably has become insignia, <laughs> yes. I also believe that Ortmanet is no longer part of the group. Um, a lot of people like this for, for, for two reasons. Um, it is becoming uh, quite, a, quite a large player in the local sector and it is almost consistently um, relatively cheaply priced with a high dividend. Right. Uh, see, when I look at that sector, I, I think something like Hub24, it, it's not 100% comparable, but there are large overlaps. I think Hub24 is a much better play than, than right. Insignia. Um, That's done nothing. A lot, for three I know. Years. A lot. A lot is happening internally. They're really restructuring and and they're still fighting outflows and and, and and realigning their business and all of that. No doubt that someday it will perform better. But in the meantime, I can I can make so much more money out of Hub Twenty Four right. essentially. So not for you. So my preference would be with Hub Twenty Four. Okay, Henry. The independent order of odd fellows. <laughs> I always <laughs> like that. Far better than Insignia, <laughs> IOOF, uh, far more uh, interesting from that point of view, from the name. Um, yeah, that, I, I agree with Rudy to a certain extent. Their funds under management has been increasing 
uh, which is unusual, not as fast as something like Hub24. Here, I think it is a hold. There is potential, I guess, uh, and there's a number of people popping up as substantial shareholders at the moment. There is potential, and I think this is going to be something that we're going to see a little of this year as the year unfolds, is a bit of consolidation in the fund management sector. We have seen it in in part uh, with Pendle. Uh, that one was uh, was a uh, bit of a consolidation. I wouldn't be surprised to see this one part of that consolidation. Whether that's really great for the share price, we'll wait and see. But I think here there are whole, they're nothing spectacular. There are better players in the sector, Hub24 being one of them. Um, and, you know, if, if we have a massive bull market in Australia or, or equities generally, then, um, you know, that's going to help them. But uh, at least they've got funds flowing in um, to some extent. Well, at least the funds under management administration were up. Uh, they did see platform outflows. So it's sort of six, one and a half dozen of the other. Here, they're probably a hold. But, okay. Um, yeah, not that exciting. All right. Uh, let's finish off, Henry, with, uh, with CSL, uh, the Global Healthcare Group. Um, what do you think of, of CSL, they do, the blood, blood plasma group? Uh, well, it's not just blood plasma either now, Koshi. We've yeah, got vaccines. the Bifor acquisition, which is oh, yeah. uh, which has come in. Um, this one is it's almost un-Australian to bag this one, and it has rallied quite well from 280 to 310. It did do nothing for a long, long time. It was sort of stuck around 280, 290. It looks yeah. as if it's trying to break out. Uh, if we do see a U.S. recession, that will probably help them to some extent. Bear in mind that the, all their uh, blood products and blood plasma, a lot of that comes from collection centers in the U.S. where they pay people for their blood. Uh, clearly, during COVID, when they were stuffed full of cash and sitting at home, it was not easy to, to get people out to donate. Uh, that is helping them, you know, a huge part of their property. I think 75% of their earnings come from blood plasma products. Uh, it looks like it's trying to break out safe and very well run. Un-Australian not to. It's a hold at these kind of levels. I'm not sure I'd be piling in if I didn't have them at 310 because they do have a habit of getting up here and then falling all the way back to sort of 280, 290 mm. again. But yep. uh, certainly quality, and if the index is going to stay stable, these will stay stable. They'll, they'll probably creep higher. Mm. Rudy? Yeah, strong buy. Very strong buy. Strong buy? buy. I, oh, oh, you reckon oh, it's oh. going to break out of that range, um, which is I think eventually, to the top eventually, the eventually it will, yes. Right. Um, I mean, I just wrote a story this week that if you look simply at the history of CSL, yep. Um, it goes through periods sometimes when it when it is basically sideways for three or four years, yep. and on every single occasion it breaks out subsequently. Right. So Vifor will be that tonic for it to break out. It has it has it has with Vifor. Um, and I'm relying now on on analyst uh, views. With the acquisition of Vifor, they have now a pipeline that looks the most promising in in a very long time. Right. Stuff will come out of that out of that pipeline that that will that will help their business right. evolve further. Apart from that, the underlying momentum is again very strong because they were held back during the lockdowns and during COVID. Yeah, um, the margins will improve. Uh, I mean, you basically with a stock like CSL, it's similar with an REA, with 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 a Promedicus, with um, with a technology one that we earlier. Will the share price uh, get cheaper at some point? It probably might. Right? Yeah, but. You shouldn't get too too. You, you hold on to the long term trajectory. I mean, yep. And if anything, with stocks like this, which is not a cap roll, it's not 
uh, some of the other ones we discussed today. You just uh, keep your confidence that over time those those share prices will end mm. up higher and in many cases a lot higher. Right. And um, I'm, I mean, I recently saw a report by um, Morgan Stanley speculating whether this can be a $500 stock. Well, um, the answer is yes, it can. Uh, with the addition, of course, it won't, won't be happening tomorrow. Right? No. And that's the thing with those with those long term. Uh, they'll get there eventually. Yeah. Right? If it takes a year, two years, three years, it doesn't so matter. So it's like, like a foundation. Yep, 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 yep. The trend is up, and if we do get uh, tougher economic times, which we probably are looking forward again in the U.S. Well, yep. this is like Telstra. Yep. It's a stock for the times. Yeah. Okay. All right. Strong buy from uh, Rudy on CSL. Let's uh, recap the final five stocks. Hold from both Rudy and Henry for Telstra. Uh, hold on ANZ from Henry. Rudy's not interested in the big four banks. Uh, hold from both on ASX Insignia. A hold from Henry. Um, Rudy prefers something like Hub24 and CSL, a hold from Henry and a strong buy from Rudy. Um, Henry Jennings from Market State, great to see you, mate. Enjoy the rest Pleasure. of the day. Appreciate it. I will. It. Thanks, Koshi. Rudy Philippe Bandai, FN Arena, great to see you. Go to the FN Arena website if you want to do all your research. If you want to, if you want to see more of me. Yeah. Oh, well, Nobody I'm wants not, that. Really. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really, really sure. That's a great sales line, Henry. Uh, <laughs> for more of Rudy, go to FN Arena. <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys. That's it for us for today. We've got... Uh, Osbiz, more of Osbiz coming up after this. We'll see you at the same time tomorrow for another episode of The Call. See you then. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.